Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. That's the best way to go. Amen. Well, we're studying the subject of faith this morning. If you will, turn in your Bibles. Where we left off last week, Romans 10, 17, Romans 10 uh, verse 17. We're studying... We're getting now into what I would call the principles of faith. Now, let me just, just for a moment so that you won't, uh, you know, some of you have needs in your life and you say, well, Pastor, you need to, if you could really teach on faith for finances, I'm going to do that. You say, I, if you could teach on faith for healing, I'm going to do that. Uh, teach for faith for, for breakthroughs, overcoming addictions. There's all kinds of, uh, of avenues we can go down. But we've got to set uh, the basic principles of faith uh, in order so that you'll understand them. Now, understand this first of all. Faith is God's way. Faith is God's way of getting His provision to His children. And you'll find out doing it God's way is always the best. I said doing it God's way is always the best. And, and, And a lot of people are very critical, very critical of the subject of faith in its, in its prescribed uh, revelation. Uh, but I'm telling, let me just say this so, so that you understand where I am. They're wrong and I'm right. You say, well, that's awful bold of you. Well, I've had 34 years to prove it. And not only that, the company of people that I am around, the ministers, not only my, my spiritual fathers and, and my spiritual grandfathers and, and my spiritual peers uh, in the ministry right now, we all live by faith, teach faith, walk in faith, and understand that faith is the protocol that God has put into His Word for us to approach and address Him by. And it's also the conduit in which He releases His blessing into our life. I, listen, I've had people a year for years uh, attached to the label. You're one of those faith preachers. And I always say, what other kind is there? Say, <laughs> so, well, you know, we've got us a doubt and unbelief preacher. Well, I don't know if I want to sit under a doubt and unbelief preacher. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please Him. Well, that must mean faith pleases Him. Yes. Now, let me also say that faith is not difficult. It's simple. In all of its application, it's a very, very simple doctrine. It's man that complicates it. I mean, uh, when we first started the church, we had moved from the Galvez, from a little room in the Galvez. The church had grown, so we moved to a ballroom over at the Tremont. And we did a series over there on the the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we we kind of, how can I say this? We coined a phrase or coined a little saying out of that, and that is this. If we as God's children can, re- can learn to respond to the Word of God the way those in the Bible responded to Jesus correctly, we can get the same thing they got. Well, you know, I'd like to adjust that a little more. We can get more than they got. Because just recently in the study of the Word of God, I've seen that the template for the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is no longer what we see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because He is the highly exalted one. That means thank God for what He did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we teach on it, and we preach on it, and we love it. But He can do so much more than that. He's not the God of enough. He's the God of more than enough. And our faith is not in the humble carpenter from Nazareth. Our faith is in the risen Savior, seated at the right hand of the Father, whose blood is on the mercy seat. 
Woo, glory to God. So Romans 10, 17, let's read it there and then we'll go over the book of 1 Timothy. Romans 10, verse 17, it says, So then, faith cometh, everybody say, faith cometh. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we taught last week, the, the real important subject of this scripture is how faith comes. Now, did anybody use milk this morning for your coffee, for cereal, for a smoothie, anything like that? Several people have their hand up. Now, you do not, all things being equal, you know i got to be careful where I, where I say this, but all things being equal, you do not have a cow. Amen. Uh, you know, you didn't go out to your barn and milk your cow and, and put it in your coffee. Actually, most of you probably went where? You went to the store where milk has been packaged and pasteurized and, and, and set and put in a way in which you can take it home with you. Thank God we don't have to have a cow to have milk. Now, milk comes from a cow. That's a great revelation. What's the old saying? How can, a, how can a black cow eat green grass and give white milk? One of the great mysteries of the kingdom. Amen? But milk comes from a cow. But we do not have a source of milk being a cow. We've got Randall's. We've got Kroger. We've got... H-E-B, we've got your favorite store, amen, which means although it comes from a cow, you have to have it packaged in another way. The same thing is true of the Word of God. Faith comes from God. Faith comes from God. Faith comes from God. But He has chose to package it in His Word. Listen, His Word, when you get a hold of the Word of God, you're getting a hold of the power of God. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power. And you've got to understand, God has given you His power source, and that is the Word of God. So faith comes, how? By hearing. What is the source of faith? The Word of God. The Word of God is the source of faith, but you have to hear it. Now, there is a school of thought out there that takes different stories of the Bible and says, well... You know, in order for you to have faith, the Word of God has to be quickened to you. Or it would be kind of illustrated like this. You know, you can be taught the Word of God, taught the Word of God, you can read the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, do all this stuff with the Word of God, and still sit there and faith not come to you. Because God has not quickened it to you. That's not true. I said, that's not true. You can have all the faith you want. Let me say that again. You say, what do you, I, thought, I thought it had to be quickened. I thought it had to be a revelation. The Word of God is already anointed. The Word of God is already quickened. But the problem is we develop a listening ear instead of a hearing heart. And faith does not come by listening. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. I remember the first time my beautiful wife said to me, I love you. When she said, I love you, do you know what? I didn't listen to that. I heard that. You say, How, what do you mean you heard it? I acted on it. Remember that? Sitting on the couch. You gave me a great big kiss, knocked my socks off. 
She said, I love you. I said, all right, blue eyes. And I was sitting, at a, I was sitting on a couch with my shoes off, and I gave her a great big kiss. I looked down, my socks were off. I said, man, you knocked my socks off. That's the truth, isn't it? Amen. And we've been acting on that word ever since. Every night before we go to bed, I say, I love you, darling. She says, I love you, sweetheart. See, I heard that. Everybody say, hear. You say, what, what point are you trying to make? What you hear is what you apply to your life. What you hear is what you act upon. What you hear is what you assimilate into who you are. And so many people listen to the Word of God, and all listening will do is help you to mentally assent to it. And mental ascension to the Word of God will not get you anything from God. You've got to make a decision to hear it. You say, well, how does that happen? We're going to study that. We're going to look at faith in action. We're going to look at the confession of faith, all these different things. But today, we're continually, continuing to establish the reality that if you want faith, you've got to go right here. You've got to go right here. You've got to read the Word. You've got to meditate upon the Word. You've got to have the Word talk to you. And if you will do that, faith will come to you. Amen. Now, now go, over to, go, over, go over to Timothy, 2 Timothy. This is a very important principle here. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. The Apostle Paul, speaking to his, to, his, to his son in the faith, Timothy, says this, also says this to us. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now notice this. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now let me say that again. Rightly dividing. Now. You say, Pastor Rusty, who do you depend on to help you to rightly divide the Word? Well, I'm going to tell you my number one dependency is upon the Holy Ghost. But you must understand something, church, because, listen, with the Internet, with radio, with television, with all the information that we have and all that it is in the earth, you have to be careful what you listen to when it comes to the Word of God. There is a right division of the Word of God. The Spirit of God is what rightly divides the Word of God. And the problem is a lot of religion, a lot of tradition, a lot of, a lot of just, just, just plain old what I call churchianity has divided out the major power parts of God's Word. Well, God doesn't heal. God doesn't deliver. God doesn't really answer prayer the way you think He might. God doesn't do that. Listen, I'm very careful whenever I hear God doesn't do that puts up my spiritual antennas. Because I serve a God in whom nothing is impossible. Now let me, let me just say this. Much of the erroneous teaching in the body of Christ today has come through negative experiences of those that expound upon the Word. I know of a man, uh, 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 one time had a conversation with my, my, the, the pastors I grew up under as a child, brother and sister Goodwin. Mom Goodwin and I were talking about this individual, had a television program, and, and, and he, was, uh, uh, just, just, he was just a nut. That's the only way to describe him. And, you know, he'd sit up on there, and he'd, he'd have his son with him. Say, he'd have an ice chest full of beer and a big old cigar. And he'd say, he'd say, oh, we're all under grace. Puff that cigar over there. Yeah, I mean, he was just crazy. And so I was talking to Mom Goodwin about this guy because he, I mean, I, wa I watched him on one of his own telethons raise $37 million. I'm like, what, what's, what's going on with this? And he was very anti-faith. 
He laughed at it. He laughed at anybody that believed in the power of God. He laughed at anybody that taught. He just mocked the things of God. And so I was talking to Mom Goodwin, and I said, what's wrong with this guy? What? And, and, and why has he got such a voice? And Mom Goodwin said to me, he said, you know, I knew that man. Because when, when Nana died, she died back in 98, 99, and she was in her 90s. So this, she was around a long time, and, and in years back, when this guy was a faith teacher. And she said, he was one of the premier faith teachers in the Assemblies of God. He said, man, this guy could get up and teach faith and people would get healed, get up and teach faith and people would get blessed. He said what happened was his wife contracted cancer and died of cancer. And when she died of cancer, he took everything he believed about God and threw it out. And just mad at God, offended at God. Listen, it doesn't matter who it does or does not work for. It doesn't matter who has or has not had a failure in faith. God's words work. And if we will work them the way God says to work them and rightly divide the Word of God, because we got to understand something about the Word of God, because people are always trying to put it over on the will of God. Well, I don't know if it's the will of God to heal me. I don't know if it's the will of God to bless my family. I don't know if it's the will of God. The will of God and the Word of God are synonymous. And the Word of God reveals the sovereignty of God because built into the sovereignty of God it is, will, is His will. And His sovereignty is not some strange thing that we don't know anything about. It is His will to save the lost. It is His will to heal the sick. It is His will to, uh, to, deliver, to deliver the oppressed and the addicted. It is the will, His will to heal your marriage, to bless your business. You name it, if it's good, it's God's will to do it because God is good. Amen. It says over there in Romans where we just studied, He is rich to all that call upon His name. So there must be a right division. Because you can take the Word of God and twist it and make it say anything you want it to. People have done it. Gone off in the ditch, all kinds of crazy cults. I mean, uh, this year I think was, what was it, the 20th anniversary or 25th anniversary of that, that horrible thing that happened in Waco. Well, that guy had a time I saw him on TV, he had a Bible in his hand. So I listened. Uh, not, not when it was going on, but this past, when they were doing some of the stories about the, being the 20th or 25th anniversary of the, they called it the Waco siege or whatever it was. I listened this time to what he was saying. And basically, he thought he was Jesus. But he wasn't. Somehow, some way, and I know the devil always gets involved in that kind of stuff, he did not rightly divide the Bible. So number one, you got to study. Everybody say study. Now listen, I'm going to say something, and it may be a bold statement, but I've said it for, for, for 15 or almost 16 years that we've been a church, and for 20 years of field ministry, I've said it all over the world. Don't you ever believe something because I say it. You say, what do you mean? I thought that's why I came, to believe what you say. The preacher needs to tell us what to believe. The preacher does not tell you what to believe. The Bible tells you what to believe. The Word of God tells you what to believe. And too many moves of God have sold themselves down the river because people quit seeking God and started listening to the preacher. Amen. You say, what are you, what are you trying to tell us? Check up on everything you hear. Check up on everything that is taught. Man, I'm telling you, if something goes against the grain of your spirit, you just let go of it. And let me say this while we're, you know, might as well sweep the floor clean. Be careful of what you expose yourself to. 
Because there are books that can, quote, make sense. And if something makes sense, it is appealing to your what? Your senses. And the just shall live by faith, not by their senses. I have a, I have a friend, uh, uh, pastored over in Alexandria, Louisiana uh, for many years. And he and his wife are back out in field ministry. And... Uh, he had a very close friend. When they came up in the Lord together, they were students of redemption. They loved redemption, taught on it. He still teaches on it. And this one, this one guy, uh, just he was literally, uh, this friend of mine got all his notes from him. Because he, he studied redemption, who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, what you can do in Christ. All of this, all this. But he was a little bent toward the intellectual. And he got a, he got a hold of one book called Another Gospel, which was written by a disgruntled employee of the Oral Roberts ministry. And it basically just talked about faith is, faith is just preacher's ways of manipulating you to get money from you. Uh, healing is not right. I mean, just, and he bought that thing, hook, line, sinker, boat, and dock. To the point that he, listen, this guy was a, was a, was a spiritual son of a lot of the great faith teachers of the previous generation, now he goes up to their camp meetings and protests with big signs, brother so-and-so is of the devil. The faith message is of the devil. Prosperity is of the devil. See, he got hooked by an intellectual hook that drug him out of the revelation of the Word of God and drug him into something that looks sensual. Appealed to the senses. But you've got to understand, listen, faith is not practical. Faith doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, uh, according to our senses, if we want to go to heaven, we better get out there and start being good. But the Bible says, no, what you've got to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. If you'll do that, you'll be saved. That's God's way, and it takes faith. Same thing for healing. Same thing for prosperity. Same thing for everything that God has for us. We've got to go to the source of His power, the source of His ability, and the source of what He has provided for us in Christ, which is His Word. And our hearing of that causes faith to come. Amen? Now, go to Hebrews real quick. Hebrews chapter 4. Now, look at verse 12. I love this. It's a great verse when teaching on the Word of God. It says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful. Now, that word quick, that's the word alive. Have you ever, have you ever stuck something under your fingernail? And you kind of said, you know, you said, man, I, it hit the quick there. You know, I mean, you, you, can, you can scrape your fingernail. You can scrape your, scrape your finger, even poke your finger. But if you stick that thing right up under your fingernail, you will find something a little more alive than other things in your body. Amen? Well, actually, this is the same word. The Word of God is what? Alive. It is the only living document on the earth. Now, let me say that again. It is the only living That's why I always get tickled. And, you know, bless their hearts. I always get tickled when somebody who's written a book and, they, and they're on TV, they say, you need to get my life-changing book. And I, and I think to myself, hmm, you've written a life-changing book, huh? No, there's only one life-changing book. And if, if their book has a lot of life-changing book in it, then it may help you a little bit. But there's only really one life-changing book, and that's the Word of God. Because it is what? It is quick 
It is alive. Now notice this also. It's powerful. Oh my goodness. I mean, it took some power to get me out of sin. It took some power to get those addictions out of my life. It took some power to get that meanness out of me. It took some power. Look, it takes some power to see lives change. It takes some power to get cancer out of people's body. It takes some power to heal the sick. It takes some power. And the Word of God is what? Powerful. Now, let me say this. We were teaching on the authority of the believer, and this came up in my spirit as I was studying this week. Remember this. I love good power ministries. I try to have them here at the church. And we very much enjoy when God uses, up, uses us in power ministry. Uh, we have some great, uh, in our generation, men like Benny Hinn, people like that. Uh, there's a few others I could name. But listen, you can go to a Benny Hinn crusade if you're sick. And you may or you may not get healed. We talked about this when we studied the authority of the believer. You can go to a, uh, you know, when, when Oral Roberts was alive or Brother Hagen were alive, people that operate in the gifts of the Spirit. You can go to one of those meetings and you may or may not get healed. Amen. But with the Word of God, there is no may or may not. You say, what do you mean by that? You're going to get healed. You're going to get delivered. You're going to prosper. You're going to be set free because the Word is what? It's, it's, it's got something more than a minister has. It's got something more. Now, let me say this because some, some people get real squeamish when I say this, but you've got to understand. It's got something more than the gifts of the Spirit. You say, what do you mean by that? The gifts of the Spirit are not the foundation for the Word. The Word is the foundation for the gifts of the Spirit. And Jesus said over there, where was it? Psalms 138. He said, I have exalted my Word above my name. So everything in the kingdom, the foundation of it is the Word of God. And it's what? The Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vitality of the Son, the soul of the Spirit, the joints of the marrow, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now here's the key. This is what unlocks. Oh, this is so simple. How have we missed this? This is what unlocks the quickening power of God's Word. Let me say this again. This is so important. This is what unlocks the quickening power of God's Word. You know what it is? It's your choice. Your choice. And I've seen people exposed to the Word of God for years and years and years that never chose. Just, just never chose. Never chose to submit to the Word. Never really chose to hear the Word. Listen, every time, every time I am sitting under ministry, I choose to hear. I sat under ministry this week, Pastor Mark Brzee, teaching on, teaching on prayer. And man, I sat there, I took notes, I sat there, I listened, I listened, I listened till I heard. And I made some adjustments in my prayer life. And I made some adjustments in the way that I'm doing some things. And it's amazing when you can begin to hear the word that you have in front of you, how you can begin to hear the word that he's speaking into your spirit. But if you're not, if you're not willing or you don't make the choice to hear the word that's in front of you, to hear the word that you read, to hear the word that you meditate on, to hear the word that God is teaching you, how do you think he's going to uh, uh, trust you with a word he speaks into your spirit? 
A lot of people say, I wish God would talk to me. Listen to what he's saying through his word. He will talk to you anytime you choose for him to talk to you. It is your choice that unlocks the quickening power of God's word. Faith is the protocol God has chosen for people to approach and receive from him. The word and the will of God are the same. And the words, his words, are the documentation of his sovereignty. Now here's the key. You make the choice to begin to hear and not listen. And you begin to make the adjustments on your end of what the Word of God is saying to you. When you do that, now listen to me. You are making applications of power and quickening ability to your life. People say, we need more power. We need more power. We need more power. We need to have a prayer meeting. We need to call a prayer and pray and ask God. You know what he's going to do? He's going to take you right back to the Word. People are always wondering, how do you get the gifts of the Holy Ghost to operate? You know how? You teach on it. How do you get healing to work? You teach on it. How do you get prosperity to work? You teach on it. You impart the information of the Word of God, which imparts what? The power of God. I remember when I graduated from Bible school, Lakewood Church back in the mid-80s had a full-time Bible school. We went to church from 8, I mean we went to Bible school from 8, seemed like from 8 to 1 o'clock every day, five days a week. I made it every day. Drove 55 miles one way. Not only was I at Bible school every day, I was also in every Wednesday night service. I was also in every Sunday morning service. I was also in every Sunday night service. You say, how did you do that? I found a way. I said, I found a way to do it. Now, when I graduated, it was my great honor to, to be asked to lunch by Brother Osteen, Brother John Osteen. He said, Rusty, why don't you come go to lunch with me? I had a, one of his friends, Ward Chandler, that I'd picked up at the airport. He wanted to meet with Ward, and, he, and they were going to go to lunch. So I was just going to drop him off, pick him up. He said, no, Rusty, you come go to lunch with us. And he sat there. He always brought his Bible. Everybody was right under his arm. He sat it down. He opened it up. And he had this way of talking to you that just, I mean, it just went right into your spirit. And he looked at me. And his eyes just, just, were just you could see the glory of God in his eyes. And he said this, he said, Rusty, he said, I've taught you for nine months. He said, I've put the essence of everything I know into your heart and spirit. I've taught you God's word, not the word of John Osteen, God's word, God's word. He kept saying that, God's word, God's word. Then he said this, he said, you have so much power on the inside of you that if you chose to do it, you could get up in the morning and spin the earth in the opposite direction. Now listen, you, you say, oh, that's just crazy to say something like that. I'm telling you, if you ever understand the Word of God, yes. under a lesser covenant, Joshua cried out to God, and God kept the sun and the earth for a 24-hour period. And then the Bible says he threw hailstones on fire at the enemies of Israel, and we have a better covenant based on better promises, and we struggle with the cold. Come on, church. Now, go to, go to Hebrews 1 real quick. How's my time? Oh, I've got plenty of time. Hebrews chapter 1. God, who at sundry times, verse 1, in diverse manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath, everybody say hath. So now that's a past tense word. It means he's already done it. Hath in these last days spoken unto us. By His Son. Now, 
We don't need to go there. Stay right here in Hebrews 1. But if we were going to, if we were going to go to the gospel of John chapter 1. Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. So people always give, Pastor Ray, you act like that Bible is God. And the Word, verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And just like we made that statement way back years ago when we were back at the, at the Tremont house, Jesus, now listen to this, Jesus, the Word of God, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is God speaking to us. What does God say about healing, Pastor Rusty? Well, go to Matthew chapter 8. A leper approached him, and he was confused about the will of God. He was confused about the sovereignty of God. He said, I know you can do it if you want to do it. And Jesus said what? I will forever establishing the will of God when it comes to divine healing. Come on, church. What about about somebody caught in such a heinous sin as adultery? A woman caught in the very act of it, which under the Levitical law, she should be stoned and a great heap of stones stacked upon her as a testimony to her sin so that every time somebody walked by there, they would tell the story of her sin, trying to use it as a way to stop others from doing it. That was under the law. And a bunch of religious people brought this poor little woman. I've always thought, where were they to catch her? Amen. But they brought her to Jesus. Oh, thank God they brought her to Jesus. Thank God they brought her to Jesus. He looked around, wrote in the dirt, looked around, wrote, I don't know how many sermons I've heard on what he wrote in the dirt, and I don't know if I believe any of them, because the Bible doesn't say what he wrote in the dirt. He could have been playing tic-tac-toe, I don't know. But it's not what he wrote in the dirt. It's what he said. He said, you that are without the first, you that are without sin, you can cast the first stone. And the Bible said they got up and began to leave from the greatest to the least. And they're all gone. And he looked around and he said, woman, where are your accusers? That's God saying to you, where are your accusers? You say, Pastor, I've been in adultery. I've been into drugs. I've been into this. I've been into that. Listen, there are no accusers in the kingdom. God only has mercy for you. God only has compassion for you. God only has forgiveness for you. And God only has deliverance for you. And he told her, woman, where are your accusers? He looked around and said, they're all gone. Amen. He told her, look, go and sin no more. That's the will of God. Jesus is God speaking to us about everything from healing to prevent. What about storms? What's the will of God when it comes to storms? It's the will of God that you have enough power in you to stand on the bow of your own boat and say, peace be still. Now, notice this. Spoke unto us in these days by His Son. Now, notice. Who He hath appointed heir of all things... By whom also he made the worlds. Now notice this. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things. Now here's where I want to get to. By the word of his power. Now I've studied all the translations I can get my hands on. Looked at the Greek. Looked everywhere I could look. And this is the way it is written. They did not make a mistake and say, Well, you know, they kind of missed it. It should have been the power of His Word. There are other mistakes in translations. 
There's mistakes in the King James. The word atonement used over in the book of Romans shouldn't have been used there. Because we're not under any kind of atonement. Atonement means covering. Everything in, our, everything in our dispensation, our covenant, has either been fully given or fully taken away. Amen. But now it says here, the word of His power. Now, if, if you'll think about that, meditate on it, you'll realize this. That God does not, God is not up here. See, here's our image of God. He's all powerful. He's got all this power. And He does, and He is. But there's a reason He has that power. It's not, he, it's not that He has power, and then when He speaks His word, because it's God speaking the word, there's power in it. If that were true, then He'd have to come down here and speak the word for all of us. We'll study that next week when we study confession primary way in which your faith is released. But now notice the phrase. It's the word of His power. Oh, if you get a hold of this, this is going to bless you. You say, why is that? That means God Himself speaks His word and draws His power from His word. God Himself speaks His word, then draws His power from His word. Which means what? What's sitting in your lap? You've got the power source. You've got the, all the power. Do you need billions of dollars? Here it is. Cure for cancer? Here it is. Cure for AIDS? Here it is. What do you need? All the power of the universe is right here in the Word of God. And it is the Word of His power. The Word of His power. And God says, look, I trust you with my power. Here's my Word. Now, let me, I've got to read that one verse in the Amplified. Now, let me start in verse 1. Let me read the Amplified. It'll bless you. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken unto us in the person of a son, whom He hath appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by whom, by whom and through, He created, hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself, Son, whom he appointed heir of and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds, the reaches of space, the ages of time. He made it, he produced it, built it, operated, and arranged it in order. This is speaking of Jesus, the Word of God. Now listen to this. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. The light being. The outrain or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. Now listen to this. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe with His mighty word of power. Now let me say, this, this is going to help some of you. You know, I don't, get, I don't stay up late at night worrying about the moon falling out of the sky. I don't spend a lot of time in prayer. Oh, Lord, make sure that moon stays up there. Or some star or something. Amen. No, I have total faith in God that He has set them in order. That He propels them. That He maintains them. He takes care of it all by His mighty word of power. Now, if His mighty word of power has enough power into it to keep the entire universe in order. Don't you think it can take care of your life? 
So we're back to the key word. It has to be your choice. You have to choose to submit yourself to the Word of God. You have to choose to let the Word of God sit on the throne of all that is your life. Let me say it like this. You have to put God's Word first place in everything in life. Now, that's not easy to do. Now, that's one of the things that you'll struggle with. Because we're always wanting to take over. We're always wanting to run things. But listen, I found this out about Jesus. He is the Word, was the Word, forever will be the Word. He has enough ability, strength, and power to take care of the entire universe. The sun, the moon, the stars, all the constellations, all of the solar system, everything. He's got enough to take care of little old me. No matter what I'm involved in down here on the earth, but I have to, number one, realize it, number two, submit to it. And you submit to it by what? Developing a hearing heart. And as you develop a hearing heart, so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I've developed, I guess it was in the past two years, because I, I, I've got strong confessions, and we have these confessions. We're going to print some of, them, some of them up here in the next couple of weeks when we start talking about faith for healing, faith for finances, faith for these different things. But I developed a confession on the Word or about the Word. I just start thinking, I say, thank you, Heavenly Father, that forever, O oh Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. I thank you that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That heaven and earth could pass away, but your word will never pass away. I attend unto your word. I incline my ear unto it, saying, I let it not depart from my eyes. I keep it in the midst of my heart. For it's life, for I have found it, and health for all of my flesh. I thank you, Lord God, that your word does not return void, but it does accomplish that were to it it sent. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. And I just go on and on. I got several, several other scriptures that I'll use. One in, one in the book of Acts, it says this. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. I confess that over Island Church all the time. Thank you, Lord. There at Island Church, just like in the book of Acts, mightily, mightily grows the word and prevails. Thank you, Father, that you watch over your word to perform it. And I say, thank you, Father, your word is an accomplishing, performing force. And I choose to submit myself to the Word. I choose to be a hearer. I choose to be a doer. I choose to be a confessor of your Word. And then I'll say this over and over. Your Word works. Your Word works. Your Word works for me. Your Word works for me in Jesus' name. Well, I'll tell you, the Word will convince you of, of the power of itself to bless you. So, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word. You have an opportunity every time you read the Word, meditate on the Word, and because primarily I would say 75% of all the faith I've gotten, I've had because it was taught to me. Teaching on prosperity, teaching on healing, teaching on deliverance, teaching on redemption, teaching on faith. All these types of teachings are geared to help you get the Word of God into your heart. Now, I've heard this said, and I bear witness to it. There's more power in one phrase of the Word of God in your heart to change your life or to appropriate anything from God that you need than there is of you memorizing with your mind the entire Bible. Because it's not the Word in your mind. It's the Word in your heart, in your spirit man. And I guarantee you, if you're a born-again Christian, your spirit man is a sponge for the Word of God. 
You may sit here. Your behind may get tired. Your legs may get weary. Your ears may get tired of listening. But I guarantee you, your spirit man will sit here till 4 o'clock in the afternoon saying, Feed me the Word. 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 And the Bible says in the last days that the apostasy will come because they will not endure sound teaching. So you've got to make a decision. I'm going to go. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to endure it. But I'm going to let the Word of God saturate me. Saturate me. Saturate me. And if you'll do that, then the next step, the next principle that we're going to talk about next week is going to start to come up in your life. You say, what is that? Speaking the Word. Now let me close with this. This will help you. This is not a Christian principle. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 26. We see this incredible being, this supernatural divine power, taking and putting back in order a planet that was darkened, a planet that was void and without form. And everything that he did to put that planet in order and to place man on it, he did it by saying it. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was good. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was good. And then God said in verse 26, Let us make man in our likeness and in our image. So what is the only likeness and image we see of God? Chapter 1, verses 1 through 26. We see this all-knowing, all-compassionate, loving, a God that is love, a God that is light, doing what? Speaking things into existence using the framework of His Word to create all that was, is, and will ever be. And this entire planet, the clothes on your back, the fibers in this carpet, the metal in your car, is all put together by the Word of God. You take the Word of God out and it all dissolves and goes away. But with the Word of God in it, it exists and it functions the way it was created. And God made you in His likeness and image. And the sum total of your world today is that which you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. It has nothing to do with Christianity. It has to do with humanity. Humanity is literally the product of what they have said about themselves. And a lot of people say they don't have anything. They don't have anything. A lot of people say they'll never get ahead. They never get ahead. A lot of people say that they're going to die. They die. A lot of people say they're going to be sick. They get sick. The good news is you can take the Word of God and the power that is in that Word and put it in your heart and begin to run it out of your mouth. And when you begin to do that, you will begin to frame a new world for yourself that is beyond your imagination if you're willing to do it. Amen. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. We exalt you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your kindness. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. Recently, not last week, the week before, I was, I was at a deer camp down in Laredo and just had a great opportunity to just preach. Just preach the Word of God. You can play softly there. To just preach the Word. And, and the conclusion that I brought to these people I was preaching or teaching to, one of them, one of them just newly saying, was this. You have to choose to take what God has given you 
as a human being to appropriate that which is He has given that is divine, which is your salvation, which is your forgiveness, which, which, which Romans 10, 9, and 10 is the total proclamation, the demonstration, and the instruction of that you must believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and that God has raised Him from the dead. And in so doing, you shall be saved. Secondly, a Christian or a believer that gets in trouble, steps out into sin, messes up his life, because the wages of sin is death. Sin has a paycheck to it. But your fellowship breaks with God, and you're not on fire like you used to be, and you don't you don't have the zeal you used to have. And you hadn't been reading the Bible. Hadn't been coming to church. But, but now you want, you want back in fellowship with God. Thank God for 1 John. He says if we'll confess our sin. Not to a priest. Not to a pastor. But to God. He is faithful and just to forgive us. And cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So here at Island Church, we like to make sure every service. That everyone in here is right with God. If you say, Pastor, I'll tell you, I, I'm just gotten away from the Lord things I've done things I've said places I've gone things I've put in my body I'm not right with God or maybe you say I've never made Jesus my Lord and Savior He's the only way Buddha's not the way Mohammed's not the way there's not but one way Jesus said I am the way He didn't say I'm going to show you the way He said I am the way I am the truth He didn't say I'm going to tell you the truth He said I am the truth and I am the life so if you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to be right with God. I want to pray with you. Would you lift your hand up real high so I can see it? Nobody looking around. See one hand, God bless you. Another hand, another hand. You can put them down once you've raised them. Another hand, God bless you. Praise God. We see that other hand, God bless you. You can put them down once, you, once you've raised it. You don't have to raise it a second time. But let me look one more time. Several have raised their hand. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need to be right with God this morning. Pray with me. Please pray with me. If that's you, one more time. If you've not raised your hand and you want to raise your hand, raise it right now. Anyone else? Anyone else? As the ushers help me look. Praise God. One more hand. God bless you. Now, here's what we're going to do. I don't want you to be ashamed or afraid. Island Church will not judge you. Every one of us came down the same aisle you're coming down right now. It may have been at another church somewhere. But we all had to do it. Now, many times, here's the mentality. Well, brother, I, I like what you're saying, but, you know, I really consider the things of God a very private thing between God and I. Well, I wish that was true for you because God doesn't see it that way. God likes public declarations of your faith for salvation and restoration from God. Jesus said it like this. If you accept me before man, where man can see it, where man can witness it. I'll declare your name before God Almighty. But if you reject me before man, then I'll deny you before my Father. So Island Church, we do everything we could do to support you in your decision to raise your hand. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask the congregation to stand. They're going to begin to give a great big applause. And that's for every person that raised their hand. And they're applauding you. And they're encouraging you. Get out of your seat. You've raised your hand. Take the next step. Go up there and pray with Pastor Rusty. And when you walk out the door, you'll know you're right with God. Can I get a better amen? Island Church, stand on your feet. Give these people a big hand clap. And every person that raised their hand, come on right now.
come down to the altar of God. Come on, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed. Come on, come stand right here. Come on, my brother, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, everyone that raised their hand, come on down. God bless you. God bless you. Come stand right here. Isn't that good? Now let me just say something. <laughs> let me tell you what you can't do. I'm going to tell you what you can't do. Because some of you have been trying so hard to do it. You can't be good. Come on. And everybody says, they know what I'm talking about. Because that's what we try. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And we'll come to Island Church, get a little inspiration, run to about Tuesday morning. Amen. And we want to knock someone in the head and, and get 40 ounces in a, in a fatty. Amen. Come on. Let's just be honest. So what do we need? We don't need to be good. We need to lean on God for help so that we can be right. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, God wants you to get right. God wants you to stay right. Your most powerful asset, the most valuable thing you'll ever possess are the things I was just talking about. That's your words. The psalmist the, 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 in Proverbs said it like this. Well, Jesus actually said it like this. By your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. The psalmist said it like this. Life and death and the power of your tongue. So what God requires of you today is your words. You know, here's what we'll do sometimes. We'll sit back and say, well, I'm okay. God, I'm going to be good this week. Show him how good I am. He ain't going to see it. He's not going to see nothing. What he wants is your word. Now, here's the thing. We give our word on different levels. You know, you have your dog, your cat, you know, the paper boy, someone else. But when you get to this highest level of life, that you will die before you will betray it. That's the word that you give to God. So we're going to give him our word today. Amen. We're going to pray out loud so our own ears hear what our voice has to say. And all the church is going to help you. Amen. So out loud, here we go. Heavenly Father, right now, openly, publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior. Thank you, Lord. You sent your son Jesus, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. Today, I believe it. I receive it. I claim it. By faith, Heavenly Father, you see me just as I am. My weaknesses, my inabilities, everything that's wrong with me. But I'm leaning today on everything that's right with you. Areas of my life where I have sinned, where I have broken fellowship, I confess it to you, Lord, and you alone. Thanking you that the blood of Jesus has already been shed. It cleanses, cleanses. I'm being cleansed of every act, of every sin, of every transgression. Right now, by faith, I'm clean in Jesus' name. Devil, you look at me. I do not belong to you. Get out of my life, Jesus. I'm yours, all in all. In you, I'll live, I'll move, I'll have my being. Thank you, Lord. As I stand, 
at the altar, Island Church, January 21st, 2018. I'm right with God, born again, cleansed from all sin. I'm a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. Now rejoice and thank God for it. Hallelujah. Now look at me just a second. I'm going to give you three simple things. Some of you have heard this before. Some of you have not. But you need to hear this. Number one, the Word. You need power? Go to the Word. Go to the Word. You know, when I got right with God, it's coming up on 34 years. I had to get rid of all my friends, all my acquaintances. Of I mean, they'd come to my door. Man, man, I just scored this good dope. I owe you 50 bucks. Here you go. I just shut the door. I had some worse temptations than that come. You say, what do you mean? I'm not going to explain it, but I'm telling you, I had some really strong temptations come wagging up to the door, if you know what I mean. But I made a choice. I said, I made a choice. I was going to live and not die and declare the works of God. Was it easy? I had to fight every day. And my source of power and strength was this word. Every day I'd read it. Every day I'd meditate. And I'm telling you, if I knew, if I knew there were two crazy people opening the Bible down the road under the bridge, I'd be down there and at me. I went everywhere. I was so hungry. You say, well, what did that do? That helped. Just my heart helped guide me into the right church, around the right people, to the right place to get the help I needed. Amen. Secondly, talk to God every day. Stop before you do something stupid. Talk to God. There's a spiritual word for it called prayer. But just say, Lord, I tell you, I, I'm ready to go next door and kill them. Or I'm going to drink all this. Or I'm going to smoke all this. Why don't you talk to God first? See what He says about it. He may give you the strength not to do it. Amen. Third, you need a family. And it's not a black. It's not a Hispanic. It's not a, 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 an Irish. It's a God blood wash. I say there's but one color of the kingdom. It's not black. It's not white. It's not brown. It's not yellow. It's red. It's the blood of Jesus. And every believer needs a church. You must be in a church. That's where you fulfill your calling. That's where you find your destiny. Amen. Praise God. Wave at us, Brother Danny. They got a free book or two. They'll pray with you about any needs you have. Go with them. Give them a big hand clap, if you will. God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Let's receive our missions giving this morning. Glory to God. Give them one more big hand clap of encouragement. Let me go back to 2 Corinthians. We have all these beautiful missionaries doing this wonderful work of God. Scripture that I read earlier. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Glory to God. Now this is what I was talking last week. Let me just go ahead and read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse... What verse is that? Verse 8? Uh, there's not any numbers in this Bible. It's a problem. Anyway, let me read it here. It says, The most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away 
which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praises to God. Now listen to this. Carrying on this social relief work involves far more than helping meet the bare needs of poor Christians. It also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgiving to God. This relief offering is proof to the is is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plan, meaning the message of Christ. You know your gratitude through your generous offering to your needy brothers and sisters and really toward everyone. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in your lives. They'll respond. Now here's the point. Now listen to this. They'll respond by praying for you in passionate intercession for whatever your need. Thank God for this gift. His gift, no language, no language can praise it enough. Woo! Now I know all of these missionaries. And by the way, we're going to add one this month. We're going to add uh, Brother Christopher Allen to our monthly support. Amen. Now, I know all of these missionaries personally. All of them pray in the Spirit. That means they pray in other tongues. And when you teach on praying in the Spirit, you preach on praying in other tongues, you know there are times when they pray when they know not what they're praying for. But I guarantee you, because Lee and I have been there, over your partnership in ministry, you pray daily. And they may, they may tomorrow morning, uh, 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 Stephen McCree could get up. Rocky Malloy could get up and just have, say, you know, I need to pray. Oh, They passionately are pleading to God for your increase, your blessing, and your finances because of your giving. That's what the Word says. I said, that's what the Word says. And this goes on and goes on and goes on that by the end of when it all accumulates, we look back and see how God has done this in order to propagate His good news, His gospel around the world. Now just think of all, we, we had the numbers back at the first of the month of 46,000 people downloaded. Or 40, was it 46 or 49? 44,000 people downloaded our podcast. That's a lot of people. That's thousands of people getting our teaching. Well, we pay money to get that out there. We pay money to keep up a website. Pay money. But then, think, last year we were right at 200 and, 200 and what was it, 40-something thousand dollars worth of giving. Last year it was 600,000. year before it was over 300,000. Just since the three years since we've had the land, we've given $1.124 million. This, this little outpost in Galveston, Texas, has given $1.124 million around the world in preaching the gospel. Now, if you don't think that's going to cause blessing to come into our lives, you just don't have any faith. But I'm telling you, God is poised to pour such a blessing out on this church that when it begins to hit, it's going to be unimaginable. And I'm going to tell you, people are going to come to this church just because of the financial blessing that hits this place. Because we have 
maintained our faithfulness. One of the keys. Many of you weren't here when we were destroyed by Ike. And once we figured out we were going to believe God for a miracle, the first thing I did was to double our missions giving. We didn't have the money to do that. We didn't have the, we, we, what was it, $30,000? I wrote that $30,000 check to Blackman Mooring. They were in here doing work, and we found out we didn't have flood insurance. So I stopped their work, and our bill was $146,000. And so thank God for a, for, for, for a good man that went out because the cell phones didn't work. He got on his, uh, his, his, his truck radio, and I could see him talking and writing and talking and writing. He came back in. He said, my boss said you can have the entire job for $30,000. So we wrote one check for $30,000 and they packed their stuff up and left. And we had zero money. Zero. No special account, no retirement account for the pastors, no this, no that. Zero money. But we had faith. And we believed God. And the first thing I told the church, we're going to double our missions giving. And we began to give and we began to give. And money started coming from all over the world. And we had, I don't know, we had probably $350,000, $400,000 worth of cash and another $500,000 worth of miracles. So what do you mean by that? Just to dry out the church, the little, the little dehumidifiers were $200 an hour. $200 an hour. We needed $200 to run for two weeks. Do the math on that. And, and Sarah over here uh, working with her dad, her dad working, he was on staff at the time here at the church. Uh, somebody had called the, the, the city and they needed a place to store dehumidifiers. Amen? And we said, they can storm at Island Church as long as we can plug them in. They said, plug them in all you want. And we had over 200 dehumidifiers running full time all the time around here. That would have cost us $200 an hour. You say, well, God, if he doesn't get it to you one way, he'll get it to you another way. So through our giving, our financial giving, to the world, two things we're doing. We're expressing our love to those people. We love you. Africa, we want to see you saved. Uh, I was with Christopher this week. Had a meeting with him. He is going to places now that he cannot advertise, he cannot talk about, and he cannot put videos on his website because they are so staunchly Muslim that he's afraid of reprisal against him. But he wants Island Church to know that tens of thousands in the Muslim world, one crusade just recently, 17,000 Muslims got born again. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. Amen. You ready to give? Praise the Lord. Hold up your offerings. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, so grateful for an opportunity to be a blessing, to be a blessing to these missionaries. I sow my seed by faith, thanking you that the good soil of my heart is fertilized by the activity of my giving toward world evangelism. Thank you, Father. Souls will be saved. Bodies will be healed. Churches will be built. Orphans will be ministered to. Widows will be blessed. And the gospel will be preached around the world. I thank you, Father. It'll come back to me. Financially, it comes back to my life. But in every other way, people are sent to my family. They come to my house. They bless me. Thank you, Father. All that I sow comes back into my life. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and running over in Jesus' name. Amen. Gentlemen, you can receive. If you need but give by cash, raise your hand. They'll bring you an offering envelope. Now, a couple of reminders. Don't forget Wednesday night, we're teaching on the mercy and compassion of God, that which you have faith in. 
come to prayer. Everybody say prayer. Last night we had almost 30 people here on Saturday night praying. I'll tell you, you need to come to prayer. There's some great meetings that we're having, these prayer meetings. Interceding, praying for the move of God, praying for the church. They're a great blessing. Amen. Don't forget also, if you want your, your, your giving statement, please fill out that, please fill out that uh, form in the, in the foyer. Amen. Praise God. Y'all ready to make a healing confession? You know, I, the reason I'm doing this is for many years we took, took what we call our flu shot. Amen. And then last year, I think we forgot last year. And I ended up, again, I couldn't come on, on uh, Christmas morning because it knocked me down. I was back up two days later. But, you know, this thing going on right now in our nation, man, this is, all 49 states are affected and people are dying from it. Well, we're not going to die from it. We're not going to get it. Amen. So what is our standard? The Word of God. So while they, while they receive this offering, just sit there and say this out loud. Close your eyes and let it go into your spirit. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus is my Jehovah Rapha. He is the healing. He is the health of my body. For He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon Him. By His stripes I am healed. Thank you, Father. You bless my bread. You bless my water. You take all sickness. You take all symptoms from the midst of me. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. I forget not His benefits. Who forgives all iniquity, heals all disease, redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. I've been delivered from the power of darkness, from the power of the flu. I've been translated into the kingdom of His dear Son, the kingdom of healing and health. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Thank you, Father. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells, abides in me, quickens, makes alive my mortal body. Flu, listen to me. You shall not come upon me. You shall not overtake me. I reject any symptoms. I reject any knowledge of that which you try to usurp the knowledge of healing in my life and body. I declare from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, I am, I am, I am the healed of God. I will not have the flu or colds, seasonal allergies. I will not accept any disease of any kind in Jesus' name. Now lift your hands and thank Him for it. Come on, thank Him for your healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, the question, well, what if I start feeling bad? Then you just go right back to what I just taught you and you start saying it and say it. You say, how long do I have to say it? You don't have to say it no more. You resist with every bit of your faith because faith will work for you in Jesus' name. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name today. So joyous, so grateful to be in the house of the Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in Island Church, what you're doing in our families, our businesses, and at our jobs. 
We claim your, your divine protection and safety by faith today, declaring over the entire congregation, no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. So we declare in Jesus' name, whether we travel on the highways, the seaways, the railways, or the airways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we are the protected of Almighty God. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, the resource you've given us to handle, whether it be out in the ocean, over in the medicine, up in the petrochemical plants, whether it be our own business, no matter what we do, where we go, we're not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you, Father. Here at Island Church, we are blessed, kept, and protected. Thank you for the door of utterance. Let us have a fire of evangelism burning in us. Let us go out, be a blessing to the people, an answer to their prayers, a miracle in their life, and a problem to the devil. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you, Lord. We leave walking as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thank you for our church. We walk in love one toward another. And we thank you here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Do not forget communion tonight. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www. Dot islandchurchgalveston.com You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113 We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas And remember to keep looking unto Jesus He is the author and the finisher of our faith